The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus addressed this parable to those who were convinced of their own righteousness and despised everyone else. Two people went up to the temple area to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a tax collector. The Pharisee took up his position and spoke this prayer to himself. O oh God, I thank you that I am not like the rest of humanity, greedy, dishonest, adulterous, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and I pay tithes on my whole income. But the tax collector stood off at a distance and would not even raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast and prayed, O oh God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, the latter went home justified, not the former. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and the one who humbles himself will be exalted. The Gospel of the Lord. In every single Mass that we attend, the Lord has something he specifically wants to speak to every individual. Now, where and when that happens will vary greatly. Maybe it already happened. Maybe what the Lord was speaking to you already, already impacted you is in the opening prayer. Maybe it was the, the opening hymn. Perhaps it was something you've already heard in one of the readings. Maybe it's going to happen in the homily. Maybe it happens later on during the Eucharistic prayer. It may not even happen until the very last words of the Mass, go in peace. But I guarantee that at every single Mass, God has something for every single person to hear. And so if this is true, but we come to Mass, and we come in, and we do the stuff, and then we leave, and it's like, ah, okay, just another, another thing I did. Then, then there's something on us that needs to be re-examined or, or adjusted. Because if the Lord is speaking, the question is, how well am I listening? Or, or do I see what he's trying to tell me? This, this takes practice. This is not something to be upset about or to beat ourselves up about. We're like, ah, oh, I just don't hear stuff all the time. It's okay. But if we don't practice, we're not going to get better. And so the challenge today is just to think where, in what way, what line, what word is the Lord speaking to me? Because he has something for everyone at every Mass. That's guaranteed. Now looking at this Gospel, it's really really cool to think about how Jesus in this parable is trying to warn us of one thing and yet give us an example in another way. That's, that's often how the parables work. And it seems like more often than not the Pharisees are at the, like the butt of his um, uh, you're wrong kind of side like don't do this. But let's just play the devil's advocate for a second and think about this Pharisee. Because the Pharisee is supposed to be one that has knowledge, is supposed to be one that serves in the, the temple, uh, and 
and gives worship to God. So when he goes to his place, that's normally goes to his position. There's a place for them to go and pray. But, but let me just ponder this thought. How many of us, having heard this parable probably countless times, imagine this is how the scene goes. So the Pharisee comes in, he goes to his place, and now he's going to talk. Oh God, woe is me, a sinner. But at least I'm not like them. Like, do you, have, do you even think like he's like talking out loud? Because for the longest time, I used to always think this until I re-examined the scripture. Because if we re-examine it, he goes to his position and spoke this prayer to himself. He wasn't making some big outlandish remarks or comments. He wasn't calling out the people around him. He wasn't even probably gesturing. But yet, what is Jesus and how is he addressing this parable? He's addressing it to those who were convinced of their own righteousness and despised everyone else. So how does the Pharisee speak? Oh God, thank you. I'm not, the rest, I'm not like the rest of humanity. Okay, um, prideful much? I'm not greedy. I'm not dishonest. I'm not adulterous. You're also not humble, bro. Moving on. I'm not even like this tax collector over here. Oh, that's, that's pretty harsh judgment. But let's flip it around. Let's, let's imagine Jesus is giving a parable about how to pray uh, prayers of gratitude. So the Pharisee goes to his position, spoke this prayer to himself. God, thank you. I'm not like the rest of humanity. Thank you for the virtues you've given me. Thank you that I'm not greedy and dishonest and adulterous. Thank you I'm not like, that's, even, that's still bad, the tax collector. So the context of it matters. The warning is for those of us who perceive ourselves to be self-righteous, to be holier than that, like, huh, at least I'm not like that person. You don't know that person. We don't know their soul. We don't know what they're going through. And so one thing that's really important to understand is no one's better than another person. And at the same time, no one's worse than another person. What we all are, at the end of the day, is sinners trying to get to heaven. At least that's my hope. So the example here is, in our mind, how do we judge ourselves, our actions, what we do, and then compare that to others? We're not supposed to be this self-righteous and despise people, but we can be grateful for what we don't do. That's a good thing. But the tax collector, who also is not a well-loved individual, was really despised among his own Jewish people because typically they were Jewish and they'd go and they would tax their people and tax them unjustly. And so imagine the tax collector spoke like the Pharisee today. Oh God, thank you like I'm not like the rest of humanity. At least I didn't tax them 50%. I only taxed them 40% today. Like, no, that doesn't, doesn't flow. The tax collector very humbly and very simply just comes up and says, God, be merciful to me. I'm a sinner. And even think about this, like he wouldn't even raise his eyes to heaven. There was such a sh uh, maybe shame or embarrassment, don't really know, but there was such a sense of like, Lord, I'm not even worthy to look at you. 
Now for us today, knowing that Scripture's alive and God has something to speak to every single person in every single Mass, maybe there's something in this Gospel He's speaking to us about how we view ourselves and how we view the rest of the world. Maybe it's an affirmation. It's like, you know, I, I am, I do come before the Lord humbly and simply because I need Him. And so a, a key element today can be just our humility still necessitates our aid from God. Something else to consider in, in this is just you know, how we approach the sacrament of confession. I pray about this. I speak about this often. Confession is, is not designed to be you come in, you sit down, forgive me, Father, for I've sinned. I haven't done this, this, or this. Like, I don't care what you haven't done. That's not really the point of confession. I'm not greedy. Great. What are your sins? Well, I'm not this. Okay, so you're not humble. Check. But like when they, like people come in there, like they're trying to justify, I'm not these things. That's not what the Lord is worried about in confession. The Lord is worried about taking away the sin. And so we come in like the tax collector. Lord, <laughs> uh, Father, I've sinned. I'm a sinner. I've done this, this, or this. Or I didn't do this, this, or this. And then you get out. It's not a big, long, it doesn't have to be a big, long conversation. It's not a counseling session. It's just my acknowledgement of what I failed to do. And then receiving an abundance of grace to go and, and to strive to be holy. I, I'm amazed by this reality that the weight of sin that can be on a person's soul for days, weeks, months, years, decades is wiped away in a matter of minutes when one comes in and says, here's my crap. I don't want it anymore. I'm like, good job. That's awesome. You're amazing. Go be better. It's so simple, and yet it can also be so terrifying. Oh, the priest is going to judge me. No. The priest is acting as Jesus, and Jesus wants to love the sinner. How many times does Jesus go to the sinners? Now, he doesn't change. He calls, he calls them to change. But maybe, maybe today we think about how, in humility, I actually need that mercy. Now, at the beginning of Mass, you know, when we do the penitential rite, we call to mind our sins. We're actually meant to call to mind our sinfulness. That's the purpose of the penitential, right? The fact that I am a sinful person. That doesn't make me bad. That doesn't make me awful. That doesn't, that doesn't define my character. But I, by nature, by original sin and, and concupiscence, have an inclination, the possibility to sin. And therefore, I need God's mercy because his mercy is the great remedy. It's the great medicine. So I don't want to be like this Pharisee in my own mind thinking, well, I'm not these things. I'm pretty great. But, but we're still a sinner in some capacity. It doesn't mean also that we're just, yeah, I have to keep reiterating, like we're not awful people. Because when a person comes to confession with that good examination and that contrite heart, there's the true potential that they will never have to come back to confession again. Like, how amazing is that? 
Like, a person may never, ever sin again. Like, that's remarkable. And so can we humbly come to the Lord and say, Lord, be merciful. I need it. I'm a sinner. Here's it, here it is laid out for you. And then we leave. The Lord ultimately wants to love us, wants to care for us, wants to provide our deepest needs and desires. And sin is the masking of what the authentic love of God is. Sin is the distorted good of God's authentic love. So the other challenge to think about, you know, not just like, where's the Lord speaking to me in the Mass, whatever place that is. The other challenge is, if you haven't been to confession in the last three months, go to confession. It's such a gift, and it's such a joy, like, to see an individual who's been burdened and weighed down and in a place of just like shame or embarrassment, just to be reminded that they are so loved as a son and a daughter that, man, like what a miracle. It's such a gift. And, and then it makes, it causes us to be worthy to receive him in the Eucharist. Because if the Eucharist is the body and blood of Jesus, which we are declared to believe, and, it, and it, he wants to enter into my being, my being clouded by sin is not a great place to put the perfect Lord. But when those sins are gone and he enters into me, there's this beautiful opportunity for transformation in my heart, in my soul, in my actions, in my mind. And so we come to him worthily saying, Lord, I love you, I desire you, I want to present myself fully to you. So I have to get rid of this junk over here, which takes minutes, minutes for years of sin. Gone! How, how cool! Ah, so good. So good. Like That's his love for us. And that's the love of a priest for his people. That's the love of a pastor for his people. It's like, I love you to the point that I will sit in that confessional for hours so that sins can be forgiven. So where is the Lord speaking to us? And what do I need to surrender to him so that I can give that authentic freedom and be in that place of of grace again in relationship with him?